Hello, listeners. Welcome once again to the Mysteries Unknown podcast with me, Hunter the MC. And on today's Behind the Mist segment. So, with all the D&D catastrophe that has been going on, the main question that has been going around is, what TTRPG shall we play now? And with this podcaster I have with me today, she goes over all the different TTRPGs that are out there that we can play. So allow me to present to you all the RPG Goblin. Thank you. Hello. Um, I am the RPG Goblin, a.k.a. Willow. Um, I have, like Hunter said, a TTRPG podcast that is essentially dedicated to exploring TTRPGs and showing you all the different options that you have other than D&D 5th Edition. Because even though D&D 5th Edition can be fun to play, uh, Wizards of the Coast is problematic. <laughs> Yes, so one thing I will always ask all my guests when they come on here is kind of give us the, your TTRPG, TTRPG history, which is more of my way of asking, like, what was that one TTRPG that made you go, yes, this is my life now? <laughs> all right, so, I mean, technically, my TTRPG journey starts with playing D&D. I was about... I don't know how many years ago it was, but I was I was 14, and my brother started to play D&D after listening to the Adventure Zone, and he brought me in on a session at our like local game shop, and I kind of fell in love there. Uh, I was able to like deal this finishing blow to this big monster and all of that, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. And I played D&D for a really long time, but the TTRPG that really stuck with me that was like yes is after covid happened uh i stopped playing ttrpgs for a little bit since or yeah when covid happened i started i stopped playing ttrpgs for a bit because couldn't play in person i didn't know anyone online and when i moved down to florida i started to arrange some I started to arrange a group with my siblings and my friend. And we started off with D&D, but then I remembered a game called Monster of the Week that I actually listened to on the Adventure Zone as well. Uh, specifically, their season uh, that's called Amnesty. And I decided to get the game. And that is when I fell in love with TTRPGs. I got Monster of the Week for the first time, and I flip through the book, and it's like all of the switches in my brain just clicked. Like, this is what I want to play. This is what I want to do. And since then, I still play D&D 5th Edition, but Monster of the Week is probably my favorite game at the moment. And I have explored so many more TTRPGs since then because of Monster of the Week specifically. That is... I say that my roots are in D&D, which it is, but Monster of the Week is where my heart is, because it is such a fun game. It is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, and just to those who don't know what Monster of the Week is, it is a power body apocalypse-based game where you're basically playing as... Monster Hunters. <laughs> kind of Monster Hunters, but also just kind of like uh, superstitious explorers kind of at the same time as well. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, there's mean, a... the possibilities are endless. I in my game I have right now I have someone who's specifically in a unit of the police department that is dedicated to monster hunting. I have someone who's essentially a conspiracy theorist who who actually is now in that unit 
as well. But they started off as a conspiracy theorist of like, you know, I, I'm obsessed with the Jersey Devil, I think. Uh, he, he actually doesn't like Bigfoot because that's overrated. Uh, but <laughs> he's he's obsessed with these different like, uh, oh God, uh, cryptids and, and conspiracies and things like that, which is why he likes it. So really you can be anything and it can go in any genre as well. Uh, but it's it's focused on hunting monsters, which I think is so cool, especially if you like Supernatural and, and Monster of the Week shows like that. Yeah, and like, and just to kind of go a little bit more on like how you said just how kind of like creative it is. Um, so mm-hmm. you actually just started following the, this podcast as well. Uh, the Thorn Files pod, the Thorn Files is a Monster of the yes. Week podcast. And they are based in, I can't remember the exact date, but I want to say early 1900s is when their story is taking place. And it's a fairly new podcast, but if you like games like Monster of the Week or any PBTA games, as I will always abbreviate that system to, definitely Mm -hmm. check them out. They've got like six episodes, I think, out currently. And I've been enjoying it. I haven't had a chance to actually listen to them. They've been on like really high on my list. I've just been completely scatterbrained, but I I listened to just a little bit and the concept and even the bits that I've seen about the characters, it all looks fantastic. I I really can't wait to actually delve into it myself. Yeah, and the playbooks for that game are really cool because you have like former cultist, uh the monster um, the magic user. Uh, I don't know if the they mon- use magic user or spell singer. I can't remember which, but I I don't know. But the monstrous is a awesome playbook. I'll say that. Um, I I wish that I played uh, the game that I I'm running for Monster of the Week had a monstrous because it's such an interesting playbook where you're actually like you know part monster or even a monster yourself, and it's just amazing i love it so much this is what again like what like i said one of my favorite games so i can't help but to get really excited yeah that's good i mean monster of the week honestly doesn't get enough love i think because i'm just now discovering like some shows that were monster of the week podcasts and the stories behind them are really good and mm-hmm. shout out again the calls casters because they also did for a short time a monster of the week game called deadwood and I think this one that this playbook they found was created by someone and it was called the final girl <laughs> kind of to go off that horror movie trope, like the final survivor. And this lady was, and this chick was like all like weaponized up and everything just ready to go after the baddies. Oh, I love that so much. It's just like, I, I, I one of the reasons I love monster of the week is specifically when it comes to the keeper advice, which is the name for the uh, person who's running the game uh, in the keeper advice. It tells you that, you know, part of the game is the mystery is like solving the mystery behind the monster, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't drag out the game or anything like that because we're playing this game to be badasses. You're, you're playing this game to be a badass, killing monsters, all of that. So, yeah, have that little bit of mystery, but make it easy to solve so all of you guys can just, like, be awesome and kill a monster. Because there is just such a cool thing about just being decked out with, like, all those guns or weapons or, like, monster hunting tools. And then just, like, defeat, you know, a freaking werewolf. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's also I just I just love how we just mutually bond over just our love for PBTA games in general because 
If you haven't listened to this yet, our our episode on the Arch, our, on on the RPG Goblin talking <laughs> about City of Mist recently dropped. So make sure you go listen to that as well, because we yeah. just kind of went all sorts of haywire talking about just City of Mist and just how great and creative, freeing, creatively freeing it was. Yeah, absolutely. It was a fantastic episode, and City of Mist. Actually, um, a li- I have um, some like noir investigative music playing in my ears right now to get into the mood. Um, <laughs> but City of Mist is really awesome. I'm so glad that I was able to get you on the RPG Goblin because that seriously was a fantastic conversation. And I'm also really excited for the part two to come out about like the whole Master of Ceremonies um, toolkit because that was also extremely fun to record. Yeah, um, by the time of this recording of this episode, because I usually release these segments on Sundays, so the MC <laughs> Toolkit will be released on, believe it should be, of this recording this upcoming Friday. So you'll be able to hear that now before you hear this. So make sure you listen to that one as well before coming here as well. So just just listen to all the RPG Goblin. You'll have a bunch of new games you can put on your list of what to play next. Exactly. You'll, <laughs> you'll have a never-ending list that slowly um i i think i've i've slightly corrupted hunter and have been giving so many games to hunter to just slowly be adding onto a list and be like okay i need to get that game i need to be i need to get that one i must <laughs> it's, get it's, it's, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a problem but also they're all fantastic games so not really <laughs> it makes me think it's like if it was like that one sound where you're surrounded by all these tabletop RPG books. Someone knocks the door. What are you doing? And instead of being a bitch, you're like, um, drugs. <laughs> drugs. Yeah. <laughs> don't look at my shelves. There's, there's nothing there. I, I don't have like I. It's an issue. I have over thirty RPGs on my shelf, and even more in a Google Drive with just like PDFs and all of that. And I have only scratched the surface, and even barely that. I I have. I, there are so many games I need to play, and I am so excited for it, but at the same time, it's like, I just want to also play a bunch of Monster of the Week, or a bunch of, like, definitely Wizards, just because those are really fun games. <laughs> I got definitely Wizards a couple weeks ago, and I need to get that, uh, the uh, expansion that Odie made that y'all talked about yes. on when you had her on, or them on, I apologize. And it's so, yeah, really good. I that's what I decided to run for. Uh, I have like a little Monday group that I've had for about a month now, where a bunch of my friends, uh, we just decide we're going to play games on Monday. So uh, that's actually what I'm going to be doing after this recording. Uh, but uh, definitely Wizards was the first one that I decided to run and I ran it with that um expansion module oh so fun my players had an absolute blast and the module was really fun as well because there was enough setup there to give context to like what the chambers and the rooms would be uh for context you are basically taking a wizarding exam and definitely wizards and you're pretending uh the the people who are playing characters are pretending to be wizards while taking this exam and you have to like go through these four chambers and not be caught that you aren't a wizard or else you're going to get arrested and be thrown into jail um or you can be able to go through the entire thing and not get caught and get your wizarding license so you know (laughs) one or one of the two outcomes will happen um but the chambers were super fun to run because it was just enough information to make these 
interesting in Odd Chambers that then you could do so much with improv in the moment. Pretty much, I, I loved using the module and those were the chambers, but pretty much half the game was pure improv and working off of whatever my characters were doing because they had some wild stuff. Yeah, so I, we talked about this, I think, out of recording at one point, but like I said, but I told you definitely would just remind me of, I don't have the anime name at the top of my head, but I've seen clips of an anime where they're at a magic school similar to Hogwarts, but one of the kid, <laughs> one of the students barely has like any magic powers. So he has just, he used, it's like basically the muscular feat of strength. And basically, <laughs> in order to quote unquote levitate a boulder, he literally just shoves his thumb into the boulder where it's hidden out of view, and it looks like he's levitating, even though he's just <laughs> lifting this giant boulder with only his thumb. It's so good. I mean, honestly, uh, I, I don't know the name of that anime either, but I told this to one of my other friends, and they, uh, they reference that exact anime as well. And what's great is in Definitely Wizards, how the character creation is, is it, it's not necessarily like a playbook or a class, like in the traditional sense. It's basically like you decide who you are. So there's things like, oh, you can be a vampire and your quote unquote magic is anything vampire related. So things like that. There's actually a wrestler um, class that is indefinitely wizards that is that whole thing of like you know wrestling moves there's like <laughs> it's like one of them is uh something about like screaming or yelling uh stuff like that uh there's also being able feats of strength things like that where you know it's that's exactly who that character is that is who that character would be in that game is this like wrestler uh class where it's just feats of strength and those types of abilities and it's so cool i love it so much yeah so speaking of wrestling so uh the guys a group of guys i follow during the first season of their show that they did they did a game called worldwide wrestling and it's a wrestling <laughs> tabletop rpg game and it's not powered by the apocalypse but it uses a 2d6 system as well for all <laughs> the moves and basically, you're playing as wrestlers, and there's like all these like wrestling mechanics you can do, you can do with it because a lot of the guys in that group are also big time wrestling fans. So this was like mm -hmm. right up their alley when they did it. But That's I just think thing. of the craziness they did. Like they had a there was one character they had erotic Viking Santa, and it was <laughs> Santa Claus that would just do wrestling moves based around Christmas. <laughs> I would love to know how you would figure out what a Christmas wrestling move would be. That's I, I got. <laughs> no, I said my. I told them all my character would be the Dragonborn, and he would come out in like that Skyrim armor, and all his uh, moves would be named after the dragon shouts. Oh, that's so fun! Oh, that's awesome! Actually, I think. This is where TTRPGs get so specific and wild. I'm pretty sure there are multiple wrestling games. Because I've definitely heard of one before, and I don't think it's that one. Uh, and that's just kind of insane to me, that there are things like wrestling RPGs, or TTRPGs specifically. Um, there's racing games, TTRPGs. What, like, that is completely insane to me because it's almost like how do you even translate that into a tabletop role-playing game but there are some insanely creative people out there that know how to do it and it's amazing 
Yeah, there is another one that I've seen on there over there, and I just looked it up. It's called Flow, which stands for Fantasy League of Wrestling, and it says a <laughs> role playing game where the '80s fantasy and pro wrestling collide. I love that so much. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. so good. I it. <sighs> <laughs> TTRPGs, I don't think will ever not surprise me because there's just so much just the games that are being created alone are so creative but then when you put it into the hands of other people to actually play these games and tell stories it gets even more creative and insane and just fantastic one yeah. of my favorite thing my absolute favorite thing <sighs> yeah. All right. So let's rewind uh, back a bit and let's get to know you a little more. Um, what made you want to start up the, the RPG Goblin podcast? What brought that to be? Oh, good question. So um, basically, when I was first getting into the TTRPGs and I was starting to get further down the rabbit hole of actually getting more games and reading the books and all of that. Um, I went on a trip with my family to Ohio to see, to see extended family, all of that. On the drive back, I would not stop talking about TTRPGs and D&D and stuff that D&D was doing or uh, that Wizards of the Coast was doing and this new mechanic I learned in this game and this idea that I had for a story for that game blah 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 I kept talking about it in the car and it was like a two-day drive back and at some point my mom told me I love you but you need to start a podcast so that you can talk to other people about this because I I can't. <laughs> I cannot hear more about these games because I have no idea what you're talking about. And when she said that, I realized that, you know what, that was a really good idea. And so the... I decided to start a TTRPG podcast. It took a little bit longer to kind of figure out my direction on it because I didn't want it to just be a conversation podcast, even though I think that's really fun. And I really enjoy those um, times with my guests um, where we can just talk. But I wanted it to actually like be a resource. And as I was thinking more on it, the OGL stuff started to happen. And I realized that there is a... I realized that it's extremely hard for a lot of people to find TTRPGs or even be aware of what's out there. Uh, because you need to kind of have an idea of what to look for. And most people just know D&D or Pathfinder and sometimes uh, Call of Cthulhu or Vampire the Masquerade because those are big names. But it's other than that, it was really hard. Even for me, when I started to get into TTRPGs, it took me a long time to even figure out what to look for. So I wanted to basically create a resource for people to easily find games that they can play. 
and be able to learn about them in one episode. Go through, you know, what kind of stories are these good at? Like, how, how does the character creation work? How do you run these? Um, even having my guests uh, talk about their experiences with the game so that if someone is listening to the episode, they can get a good idea of what the game can do and if it will fit their table so that they can then they didn't have to do the work to actually find the game and see if it was good. They could just listen to an episode. And then from there, they can actually get the game and they can bring it to their own table and they can have a blast because they know what the general idea of the game is without having to do all that research themselves. So I just wanted to be that resource. I wanted to make it easier for people to get into these games because I love them so much. And I think other people need to at least have the opportunity to explore them themselves. Because, again, I love D&D, but there are so many other possibilities with so many other systems and games that people just don't even think about because they only play D&D. So that, that need to be a resource and that need to kind of help people get into this community is the biggest reason why I started the podcast. Yes, I wanted to talk about games, but I wanted to... I wanted to provide something as well. And that is how specifically how the RPG Goblin is now was created. <laughs> and why the name? How did you come up with that? Oh, gosh. So there was a different name at first. And uh, it was actually originally TTRPG and Talk to Me because I wanted to go for more of that conversation podcast idea at first. And that first name actually came from... A, I did a, what was it again? It was like a, uh, it's not a poll, it's a... Questionnaire? I, yeah, a questionnaire, thank you. I, I was like, where's the word? Um, I did a questionnaire with, a, with my dice community, because I'm actually a dice maker. That's um, first how I kind of got into the community in general, is I started to make dice. And so on... In that community, my following, I put out a questionnaire of, you know, suggest names for a pod for this podcast. And I gave like kind of the whole idea. And it was, again, that more just conversation type uh, style. And a bunch of people suggested names and I decided on TTRPG and talk to me. But I realized as I actually started getting closer to creating the podcast, I'm like, hmm, I'm don't feel like this name jives with what I want to do and kind of that refocus. And so I did like a bunch of brainstorming with my mom, which again, she, she doesn't mind talking about like some of the stuff that I'm into. She was just getting, she was going crazy with how much TTRPG talk I was doing. Uh, but we did some brainstorming and she actually is the one who suggested the RPG goblin. Cause she's like, you are the goblin that is like sitting on all of these games who absolutely loves them. And you can be like the expert. You can be like the goblin expert of like, you know, I, I know this game and this game and all of that. And I'm like, actually, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Plus, a goblin is is a very recognized term, at least in the dice community. I'm not sure as well in the general TTRPG community, but it's like a dice goblin is someone who has just so many dice. They just want to collect all of the dice. They want them all. And that is how I feel towards the uh, 
TTRPGs and those games. And so when my mom suggested that, I'm like, yep, that I, I think that's what I'm going for. And that's what I went for. And when I did kind of my first uh, recording of the intro, when I did the RPG Goblin, it immediately clicked. I'm like, yep, that's what I'm doing. That that is the new name. So that's that's why the RPG Goblin. It's a little complicated just because there was a two name. There, I shouldn't say two name. There was the name previously, and that only lasted for a very small amount of time. <laughs> so a couple points. So one, when you said, "What's the word?" It took all my willpower not to go bird, 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 bird is the word. <laughs> uh, two, um, you could also. I would have also suggested you could have gone uh, RPG Dragon. Because you I hold TTRPGs. Well. <laughs> I, I thought about that as well, but dragons tend to be and it's, hmm, dragons tend to be a little bit more precise with their collection. I go into a frenzy mode of I need them all versus I'm curating a very specific collection. <laughs> I want every single one. You don't understand. I, I need them all for myself. I don't care if I haven't played all the games on my shelf. I have them. They are mine. <laughs> and then my third point, there actually is a company I follow. They create dot goblin-themed dice. So there's dice for Goblin Ranger, Goblin Paladin, Goblin Rogue. And like That's the amazing. and. Their symbols for like the high is literally a goblin, just a little goblin face. So, and I, <laughs> I actually think know, based- I, I know another dice maker, a gentle goblin who makes that as well, which I actually have one of their sets. <laughs> that has a little face like that too. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny that we're talking about goblins and dice goblins. I'm like, Oh yeah, that reminds me there's this creator out there. So yeah, a lot <laughs> of dice creators out there these days and a lot of good ones too. So, Oh my, I, there are so, so many. It's amazing. I, I love making dice. It, it's taken a back burner for a while as I've, as when I moved down, uh, when I moved to Florida, uh, there was just a big, <sighs> when I moved to Florida, it was very stressful. Um, it's still stressful here, and I hate it here, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> but it was very stressful when I moved down, and it was hard to kind of bring... It was hard to reignite the love for the dice again when I came down here. But recently, I've been really missing it, and I've been wanting to just jump back into that on top of still doing the stuff for the RPG Goblin. But there are seriously so many amazing creators and i'm very lucky to be a part of that community because it's it's amazing what people can do i the trends and the styles of dice and the designs that people come up with and just the different techniques are fascinating i am very lucky to have um sets from amazing dice makers uh i i have a lot of dice myself um obviously and surprisingly enough not many sets that i've made um but i've gotten so much dice from other makers and they blow me away every time because it's like how did you do this (laughs) how did you do this because this is just genius and it's beautiful and sparkly and i love it uh but it's it's amazing yeah so that's just great to hear because um i know just when I got involved in the City of Mist, uh, again, during the year of our Lord and Savior COVID-19 at the time. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, just getting into that and then just getting to know other people in the community. And then now kind of like expanding my horizons with TTRPGs in general because um, when the whole WotC stuff started going down, uh, Pathfinder did a, one of those Humble Bundle things. And yes. it was like $200, $300 worth of stuff, like 25 bucks, I think, was the max that it you could was get for everything. Like that. It was insane. I got it as well. I am still surprised by, by the amount of books and content that they gave you for that much. It was yeah. amazing. But that got me. I ended up buying other books that weren't in it. Like, there's the Gunslinger one, which introduced um, Gunslingers and Automatons. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Book of the Dead, which which introduced the uh, the Witch class, which is basically similar to the Warlock. And then yeah. also you could, be, you could play as a skeleton, a reanimated <laughs> skeleton as one of your ancestries. It's just so interesting. I I would love to like dive deeper into Pathfinder at some point. And I've actually done a they are going to be out in a few weeks even by the time this comes out, I believe. Uh but I actually did an episode on Pathfinder first edition and an episode on Pathfinder second edition. And those were so fun to hear what Pathfinder has to offer especially from the perspective of someone who started out and has only played D&D when it comes to like those like high fantasy crunchier games. I've only played D&D so hearing what Pathfinder has to offer was fantastic because they they D&D has only introduced one or D&D fifth edition specifically has only introduced one official class since its release. Well Pathfinder has introduced like I want to say like 10 or 12. Like it's an insane amount. Pathfinder is fantastic with constantly bringing in new content to keep your games interesting and give really interesting um, settings and support for GMs as well. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, that is one thing I've always heard about Pathfinder is that the character creation is a lot more... Exci- I don't want to say ex- I, I want to say exciting, but like it's just <laughs> no, you can say excited. Because I don't know if is. that's the right word. I don't know <laughs> if that's the right word, but I'm like I couldn't think of any way. It's like it's more <clears throat> creative as well as like as yes. we just said. There's more options to choose from. Like literally, you could be an automaton, an android, freaking skeleton. And technically, those options can be in D&D as well, but that comes to, like, homebrew content and creating your own things and uh, third-party content. Like, it's out there. It's just done by other people. And But with character creation, I think exciting is a fun word. It's, it's a fun word to describe it because you can very specifically create builds in Pathfinder in a way that you can't do in D&D because at least Pathfinder 2nd edition I know this for sure instead of having like your subclass where it's like these are the abilities that you know you have your main class so let's say I'm a ranger swarm keeper I a ranger is my main class so I get main abilities from there and then swarm keeper is my subclass uh, which is an actual character I play uh but then I, when I choose Swarmkeeper, those are the only things that I get. Instead, Pathfinder is, there is a main class, and then instead of picking a specific subclass, you get to choose 
essentially like these archetypes that will give you specific benefits but then in place of what would be the subclasses abilities that you would get every other level you do feats instead and these feats you can specifically pick and choose which ones you want as you level up to create these insanely specific builds um in my pathfinder second edition episode uh one of the uh the guy that i was talking about uh i believe it is jack from dying five uh podcast uh which is a pathfinder second edition actual play podcast uh he has a character uh one of his players in that game is a champion which is essentially the pathfinder's equivalent to a paladin who only really uses a shield this person has created this character to be completely shield based it's uh they do attacks with their shield they use their shield to defend themselves and other people there's like all kinds of maneuvers and things they can do with their shield that they specifically designed using these feats to make it work this certain way so they are the absolute tank they they take on that damage they protect they um assist in combat but they're not really a heavy hitter hit heavy hitter because they decided to go for the shield build instead of you know a sword but it's amazing how well it works because i actually what's funny enough is the paladin in my game my own personal DD game wanted essentially that exact build they wanted to be a shield based character that protected their allies and protected themselves and could be the tank but when we went to design their character we did the best we could finding feats and uh you know the right paladin abilities and all of that to create that build but it does not really work nearly as well because in D&D it comes down to more of a numbers game you want to deal the most damage versus actually protecting allies and aiding in a fight in creative ways uh so they even though they have like semi a build that works they don't use it often because it's not worth it in the long run of like combat so it's really unfortunate but like hearing that essentially this player's dreams for having that shield paladin could be fulfilled in pathfinder second edition easily blew my mind because it was so open and exciting <laughs> yeah, so I know that Pathfinder, when it comes to like feats, it's very freeing on what it lets you choose for your feats. It doesn't kind of restrict mm-hmm. you like like D and D does sometimes. And uh, I, so yeah, yeah, it is something like that. Yeah, and I didn't. I do know some races do kind of have like a quote unquote subclass. Like I remember for the Amaton, you could choose between a mage, fighter, or gunslinger Amaton as well. So it's like there's so those there's like three types of Amatons that you could play as in Pathfinder, and then this yeah. just. That just just made me. Comp- Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I'm I'm trying to think of the words because it's ancestry. Then there's um the ancestry is like the base, essentially the equivalent of race. And then there's mm-hmm. I I can't remember what the other one is. That's kind of that subcategory where it's like more specific because I know there's like um, background. No, it's not background because that goes. Um, here, hold on. I'm going to grab my pathfinder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I have just them all do my it myself. <laughs> I think I have the majority of them on my phone too. So because I keep so many of them on my phone, it's ridiculous. Um, 
it is heritage uh heritage that's right specific kind so it's like there are different types of goblins that you can play a iron gut goblin a razor tooth goblin like there's those specific ones and i think that's what you were mentioning with the automaton yes because yeah, you could it's be, really cool how they do that. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, from the Amaton, you can be either mage, fighter, or gunslinger Amatons. So mm-hmm. different things to go with. It. And then this made me think of, and you had the privilege to get to talk to this guy, uh, Vindicated Entertainment's Otherworlds RPG. Uh, I had a fantastic, t- by the way, I had a fantastic time talking to Vincent. Uh, thank yeah. you for, for recommending him to come on and all of that. Uh, that was great. I really want to do another episode with him, but I, I just want to say thank you for recommending because he was, he was awesome to have on as a guest. And I have to say this really quick because he makes this his running joke as well. It's, Vi- it's Vincent Baker of other worlds, not Vincent Baker of apocalypse world. So. <laughs> That's how I, that's how I introduced him in my episode as well. I'm like, not the Vincent Baker from Apocalypse World, um. which is actually funny because I'm going to be interviewing the Vincent Baker of Apocalypse World in a few weeks myself. So I am so really exciting. looking forward to that so much. That is really really exciting. I I that is just amazing. It's I've only recently been. Um, interviewing and having on creators of rpgs and it's been amazing and i'd love to start to reach out to some larger creators uh vincent baker from apocalypse world would be phenomenal but uh there's also a few other people Uh, i believe his name's lucas falk um and he's a swedish uh game designer actually and he's created a game called heroes of cerulea that i really really love i it's it's it was done through Kickstarter and it's not fulfilled yet, but just what I've seen of the game and the um not the prototype, but the uh essentially the the tease of the book and the game itself is so fascinating that I'd love to have a mom just to talk about it. Like what's the what like why did you create this game? I like I just wanna know all the things about it because it's so so unique. It's like this lo fi Legend of Zelda feel to it. It's really awesome. Yeah, but going back to what I was going to say with other worlds, it basically you have the option in other words to almost build your own class because mm-hmm. you you have mage categories, fighter categories, and I think assassin categories as well. That's fun. And you could and basically the idea is you pick three you pick you're picking three different kind of things total. It could either be from all from one or it could be a mix of the others. Mm-hmm. And you could just basically build your own class with your characters in other worlds. And that's really what Pathfinder kind of made me think about for a second was just how freeing you could just kind of build your character. Because my idea that I had for if I ever get to play other worlds is I want to make a vampire, basically a vampire version of the Flash. That's just very <laughs> fast and very punchy. That sounds so fun. I actually, um, when I was talking to Vincent, uh, I, I really want to uh explore more into other worlds and i might have him on again to talk about it because it is a very very interesting game from what he said and and it's like his brainchild like it's been it's been created over like 13 years and all of that and i just love to see what it has to offer and just what you're saying with the character creation sounds really really fun but even just to know more about its story it's it's really awesome yeah, so I was part. So he did a kickstart because I'm a creative. As I said before, I'm a creative partner with him, so I help push his stuff from time to time. And then they did a key, the kickstarter for basically a new version of his, uh, the physical copy of Other Worlds. Mm-hmm. The goal was only a thousand. He got seven point seven k raised for oh, that good alone. For him. 
Yeah, oh my and God, so amazing. It's like we were all just so excited when we saw it go up because we weren't really expecting it. And he says it was his. Uh, it actually beat his original Kickstarter he had for Other Worlds when he first made the game. That's fantastic. And so once because like I said, because like like I said before on here, he has a PDF document to convert Five E games to Other Worlds. So once mm-hmm. I get that book in, I'm going to start working on my own. Uh, campaign using a lot of D&D modules, but using it in the other world system. I have a whole, basically a whole almost movie-esque series planned out for this, so. Do you have a, do you have a specific D&D module that you're planning on running like that? I'm, I'm combining Dragonlance and Spelljammer together for what I'm calling the Starland Saga. That's very, very interesting. I actually, I, I haven't gone into either Dragonlance or Spelljammer because that's when I'm like, eh. I, I've got some other campaign books by Wizards of the Coast, but those ones came out later when stuff was really kind of going down. So I'm like, eh, I'm not going to go into those. But I've heard good things about Dragonlance and Spelljammer, you know, kind of being that sci-fi fantasy. Very, very interesting. That's yeah. cool. I like yeah, that so a I'm, lot. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, High Anxiety, Low Intelligence, that podcast. They're the ones that started doing the. They were like one of the first podcasts I listened to that started doing Dragonlance, and they're the ones that convinced me to get it for myself to want to run eventually. That's so. Amazing. Yeah, they're they're very uh they're very chaotic in comedy, which makes it really fun to just listen to them as they get into all their antics and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, but that's but I just have I was just looking at Dragonlance. I was looking at Spelljammer, and I was like, dragons? Why not combined <laughs> in space? So basically, it's going to be like I'm changing. Yeah, like a lot of the cities from Dragonlance, I'm going to make them as planets, and there's going to be like the the astral Ooh. traveling from Spelljammer happening as well, kind of deal. And I'm also going to at some point, uh, I got also I got Tyranny of the Dragons as well, and I'm going to make that part of it at some point as well. Mm-hmm. So that because sounds absolutely wild. <laughs> yeah, because Tyranny of the Dragons ties into a lot of stuff that happens in Dragonlance. So are they like connected? Yeah, because, um, so, I, it's basically Dragonlance revolves a lot around Tiamat, and Tyranny of the Dragons also heavily evolves a lot around Tiamat, too, so. Mm. I didn't know that about Dragonlance, actually, so that's, that's really interesting. I mean, doesn't surprise me, because if it's gonna be revolving around dragons, of course it would be Tiamat, so. <laughs> well, I believe the, in the original, one of the original versions, Dragonlance and Tyranny of the Dragons were one book, like, way in the, in the olden days of D&D. Mm-hmm. And then they just, Dragonlance, they just kind of remade it and released it. So it was the same with Spelljammer, too. Spelljammer used to be way back in the olden days of D&D, and then they redid it and re-released it. Yeah, because I've I've heard that people were really excited when Dragonlance was being converted to 5th edition because they're like, oh, I used to play that, like, you know, way back in the day. I'm really excited to, like, see the setting refreshed. So that's, that's honestly cool that they are... Um, like remaking some of these older settings for this new for the new system, or not the new system, but a newer system. Yeah, yeah. And so, something I just was wondering about. Um, so you own the physical copies of both the player's guide and the MC Toolkit for City of Mist. Yes. Now, did have you did you read those through at any point before you got a hold of me to talk about it? Or were you uh, just so technically I've read through a small portion of the player's guide. 
and that's really it. Uh, I, I've mentioned this a few times on my podcast. I don't, or maybe I have. I don't know. It might be after talk things. Um, <laughs> I don't like doing a ton of research into the games beforehand, just because I like coming from that perspective of someone who doesn't know what a specific game is or um, even TTRPGs are so that I can kind of ask those questions that they might be thinking because uh, it's like a lot of people who play games uh, who, who play tabletop games can understand what a can understand like what a check is you know you you have to make you have to roll the dice to succeed on this check but people who aren't in that world might not know what that means and so i try and go a bit more into that mind uh in in that mindset for my episodes uh so that i can kind of ask the questions that i feel like people may be having at home <laughs> yeah so basically you had you knew like the bare almost bare bones about the game and then you're like i want to learn more who can i talk to and then you just spun the wheel and i just happened to be the that one that when the wheel stopped well, I found when I when I found your account, I found I, I didn't listen to the podcast because, again, I didn't want to get too deep into the game and have things that I already I didn't want to have the answers already. That's so I didn't fair. listen to your podcast, but I, I, I saw a lot on your account and I was really interested in what you had to offer. And you just just the general energy that you had. I'm like, this seems like a person that really loves this game. And so that's why I ended up reaching out because it's like, you know, it would be really awesome to because that's that's something I love. I love having people on who love these games. And so I just I, I it felt like that you love City of Mist and that just the general vibe of your account. I'm like, I need to at least reach out and see if I can get this person on, because I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. And anyone who tries to tell you that I don't love city Mist is a liar. It needs to be Homer Simpson strangled. <laughs> <laughs> just like, why are you a little? <laughs> no, it, it is very clear that you love this game. It is absolutely amazing because I mean, it's, I, I don't think the the game that I feel the closest to, like, how dedicated you are to City of Mist, I feel closest to with, like, Monster of the Week. They're just specific mm-hmm. games that people just love with their, with their, like, entire heart. And those are the people that, like, I want to talk to about these games. If they're not the creators, I'm going to talk to someone who loves this game. Because those are going to be the best times. <laughs> Yeah, and we've also both have shared that just Powered by the Apocalypse in general, as well as also any other uh, tabletop games that are more narrative focused, those are like the two games that we mostly like really enjoy and strive mm-hmm. to want to do. So I think that was also kind of the mark where we really connected was we love that just the narrative aspect of enjoying a game. And then, yeah, if you want to throw in a fight in there, throw in a fight in there. But, it's, <laughs> uh, but, it's, but we're not going to number crunch it and all, all the time kind of deal. And I think exactly. that's what we... Yeah, that's what I, I, I think. 100% agree. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you're fine. It's like, I'm just like, I, I, all this love I just have for Power by the Apocalypse just in general, which is why I'm so excited to get uh, Vincent Baker of Apocalypse World on, because he was, he's basically is the father of the system. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he's, just be, he's the creator. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so we wouldn't. So we wouldn't have City of Mist. We wouldn't have Monster of the Week. We wouldn't have Thirsty Sword Lesbians. We wouldn't have Apocalypse Keys or Glitter Hearts or all these other games if it wasn't for one man making Apocalypse World. Exactly. And what I actually love is in Monster of the Week, the I, I believe the original creator is Michael Sands. I might be wrong, but I believe that's who it is. Um, he taught or. Yeah, I think he talks about going through the process of trying to create a Monster of the Week style game and really struggling with the idea and how to make it work. Did tons of playtesting. This lasted for years and just nothing really clicked until he found out about Apocalypse World. And it's like, as soon as I like, you know, discovered that game and I went into it, I realized I can make, I, I can make Monster of the Week now. This is exactly what I needed. And I think that my, I don't know what it is about, you know, uh, the whole powered by the apocalypse system that seems to connect with a lot of people. And I think it is that whole narrative thing. But even with like game designers, even the way that it's set up, there are so many people that it's like, yes, that is it. That is that's going to be able to portray my game the best. And I think that is just insanely unique. Yeah, and like I said before, D&D and Pathfinder, they're good games of their own right, the companies excluded. Because like I'll still sit down and play those games if I'm offered. Like I'm actually planning to be on a couple other shows as guests to play D&D on at some point. Exciting. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to getting to that because... So it's like you were blown away that I had never played D&D before, which I thought was I'm just funny. I'm still surprised by this. <laughs> I'm still surprised. And I, when, you play, when you play D&D for the first time, I would love to hear your opinions on it. Because I'm just so curious as someone who came from, like, your roots are in City of Mist. Very much. That is the game. Um, and, you know, that more narrative, um, a bit lighter on the rules, all of that. I am so, so, so curious for you to actually play some D&D because I just want to know what your experience is, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. I, I just would love to know. <laughs> yeah, so I already have one character that's actually set in stone for one show I'm going to be on because, again, I had Swords of Sky Mommies on my show and they're letting me come back. It was funny because I brought it up as like a one-shot idea and then the DM was like, oh no, I'm making this a part of the actual campaign when we come back to it. So you're going to be a part oh, of a couple amazing. episodes. And he's a, it's a tiefling warlock draconic bloodline. Mm-hmm. And I base and I already have artwork for him. I haven't shared it yet because I'm waiting for it to kind of be like when they're officially announced that they're going to come back and with to that main uh, story and then I'm going to share it then. But it's like, it's really cool. Because I kind of put some thought, I'm like, what's a character that would, I think would work well with this? Because I got other stuff I'm playing for him that'll be in the in the story that I'm not going to share because it's going to be spoiler. So, <laughs> and then can't can't reveal any information too soon. <laughs> yeah, and then I got there's another podcast I follow. They were part of my Thanksgiving one shot, and they're going to do have a couple other like podcast friends, myself included, come on, and it's kind of like a battle royale kind of esque type feeling. And so I have mm-hmm. a. I have a funny character that I'm going to have that's going to tie back to uh, the when they were on my show. So I'm not going <laughs> to say anything too much about it because I just want to save it for like when the day happens that happens. So <laughs> that's so exciting. Honestly, I, I making characters in D&D is quite 
fun and it's always exciting to also get to play a new game i actually uh like i mentioned earlier i have like a this we're, we're doing this on a monday and i have a game like right after this recording and it's going to be like kids on brooms and i am so excited because i've run this game before but i've not played it and i cannot stop saying that I'm excited literally like the entire time last night I was talking with my sibling who's actually running it and I'm like I'm just so excited I'm so excited I'm so excited and I'm like I'm, I, I hope that this isn't overwhelming you and they're like it actually helps me feel better about my game that you're actually excited for I'm like okay good <laughs> because there is just such a fun thing even if you've like read it or run the game there is something special about playing the game for the first time and being in the player's role because that's just so different and i i love it i'm so excited <laughs> yeah so i've just started editing editing the se- editing the sessions for my videos for going viral case to start releasing those Ooh. and this, despite some of the issues i may have had like towards the end of that game just listening to how excited they all the players all got at some point just made me just fall back in love with it a little more yes. like like all that doubt that I may have had of myself after that ended, I was like, "Yeah, it's like it wasn't overall. It wasn't bad. It was one of my still one of my. I still say it was one of my favorite cases to run the way I ran it because I, I actually did it a little bit different than how like the module did it because I because they were playing as high school students, so I switched it around with a lot of stuff that was happening in the game. So, again, despite any issues I had with it, I still had fun with it at the end of the day. So. Yeah, that's great. Honestly, I've I've felt that way towards some recordings um, where I get done with it and it's like, oh, God, that like I, I'm like, oh, I did terrible. That was just like weird. And then I'll listen to it like a usually not a week, but more. I'll, I'll listen to it like a few weeks later uh, while I'm editing. I'm like, why was I being so hard on myself? This is just fine. What What was my issue? Because this was fun. The other person was having a great time and, and they said some amazing things. And why, why like right after the recording, I'm like, oh no. But then it, it was perfectly fun. It was a great episode. I, I, I don't understand like how that, why it happens, I guess. <laughs> like why are our brains trying to like trick ourselves into being like, oh, this was worse than it actually was. Yeah. All right. So let's. I want to move on to since one of the things you love talking about City Mist was the character creation. I figured it would be fun if we did a your a rapid character creation for you as part of this segment as well. Just have some fun with that. <laughs> I am quite excited. A little nervous because I even though we talked about a lot of the character creation, I haven't super delved into like the exact mechanics of how the character creation works. So as long as you are my guide and I can ask questions, I am, I'm prepared. <laughs> okay. So do you have like a PDF of the character sheet? Cause I just realized, I don't know if I ever sent, gave you one or if you ever got uh, one or I not. So. Do uh hold up. Let me pull up. One. They are form fillable. If you download them from the city of mist website. So yes, I, I know I do have them. I actually just have to find them in my drive very quick. So give me, it's like uh, two hours later. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I, I tr- I've tried to organize my, um, where the hell is it? Uh, I tried to organize my drive to be easy to go through, uh, to like find a game if I need it. Um, however, 
there are still way too many games that honestly I don't even know how many I have and it can still be hard to try and find the exact one I'm looking for and I where am I actually right now oh hold on I found it (laughs) I was Um, gonna say uh, my autism forces me basically to stay organized because if I'm not organized it'll bug me for like an entire day until I organize it so yeah it's (laughs) <laughs> I I've left it unchecked for a while and then like recently I went through and just like moved everything to its proper place but I've slowly been adding some more stuff in like the actually the advanced lovers and lesbians book I, I put in there and it's like oh, I'll get to that it'll probably get filled up before I actually get to it but we're not gonna <laughs> worry about that <laughs> it's like we just we all just trying to rekid and we were just like <laughs> yeah it's it's an issue <laughs> Alright, I have I have it up now. <laughs> okay, so fortunately the character the rapid character creation doesn't go in as deep with like all the questions you have to answer, so you won't have to worry too mm-hmm. much about that. But perfect, perfect. So let us think so think off the top of your head who who would your character be as a human and what kind of mythos would you want them to have? So I actually have the idea for the mythos. Um, because when I was doing the stuff for, for the City of Mist episode, for some reason, the Mad Hatter came to mind. And mm. so that, I, I want to go with that for the mythos. Um, I'm just going to write that down very quick, just so I have it. Um, now, who my actual, like, character as a person would be is a fantastic question. Uh, because it's very, it's it's very tempting to be kind of like a, It's very tempting to be like a shop owner or something and just have the most insane thing ever. Uh, like the most insane shop just full of uh, weird stuff. So I almost feel like antique shop owner, but I don't know if that is fitting. That's just the only idea that I can that comes to mind because I can think of almost a situation where they got the mythos of the Mad Hatter because there was a teapot or a tea set that was like brought to the shop that had it imbued in it and that's how they got connected so we may be actually customizing this just a little bit because (laughs) when i look at the because there is a if you go to page if i can look at this correctly it's page 41 it shows all the legendary archetypes for the mythos and the one that sticks Mm -hmm. out to me when you say mad hatter is the miss is the mischievous fairy slash spirit Yes, because I would agree with that. That is exactly who <laughs> Mad Hatter is. And then it's, it gives you just kind of some theme ex, uh, suggestions you can take. So, if he's so for listeners again, if the person is touched, that means they only have one mythos theme. If they're a mm-hmm. borderliner, they only have two mythos themes. But if they're legendary, that means they have three mythos themes. I see. So. I'm okay, trying that to actually see. makes sense because I wasn't sure what that meant. I'm like, oh. <laughs> No, you're perfectly fine. I think I kind of went over it uh, during the City Miss episode, but I don't think I kind of think I may have just like swiftly went over it instead of like going yeah, down it into was, it. I know that you mentioned that you could have you can. I think it's like what four total for the myth, like mythos and theme combined. Mythos and logos themes four total. Yeah. Yes, mythos and logos, and so you can kind of match and match. I 
that that made sense. And so I was I was confused when I was looking at this because it's like touched borderliner and legendary. What does that mean? So that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to see if um trying to see if they have a relic theme already set up in here that we could because sometimes when people do when I have players and they're doing this, I'll have them kind of like reflavor some of these set themes as mm -hmm. just different deals. So I'm trying to see if they had like a relic theme in here already that we could use for the teapot. Because I feel like the teapot would be like a really good like relic. Yeah, I agree. But the only two they have in here are like one for an instrument and then one for the elixir of life. <laughs> so um... we may we could say that's how you got your mythos, but maybe the teapot doesn't like play that big of a role. So there may be other because, like I said in that same City of Mist episode I was on with you, uh, you can you can gain and lose themes at some point as well. So mm -hmm. maybe the teapot's not one of the main themes you focus on. So that is also fair. That is. So the theme, the three themes they have for the mischievous fairy spirit that we're putting the Mad Hatter under. There's trickery, rage, and sorcery for the three mythos themes that you can choose. So, now, which do you want to be touched, borderline, or legendary? Um, I, I think it would be fun to go half-half. Okay, so the first one we're going to do is we're going to go to the trickery mythos. And everything, well, I love that they have all these themes in alphabetical order, so that's really nice. <laughs> yes, that is great. And your, tricker, your trickery, it's a subversion-type theme. And the mystery is, what prank can I pull off here? Which seems very fitting for the Mad Hatter. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what trick... What? Sorry, I was, I was typing trickery when I was saying that. What prank can I pull off here? Yeah, it should... Um, so the very top of the themes, it's where you'll put like what type of theme it is. The below that, <laughs> you'll put the title... So you would just put uh, trickery. Below that should be where you put your identity or slash mystery, depending on if it's a mythos or a logos. That's where you'll mm -hmm. write that. All and right. then, so power tags, you always will usually pick three, unless you want to do the rule where you can get four, to, but with the cost of two weakness tags. And mm -hmm. with, the, with the same as doing the questions, um, there's always one you have to do. So you... If you look under trickery, the first one is actually kind of boldened up, and it's called Lifelike Illusions. I like that. Fun. So, so that's absolutely so that one is automatically one of the power tags. All right. And then you will just pick two at random from the rest of the list. Two at random. So you have ones like Affects All Senses, uh, Lion Cheat, Full the Gullible. That one I think kind of fits Mad Hatter. Full. The yeah, gullible. That, that's exactly what I was looking at. <laughs> Oh, and I think your this one would be perfect for your third one. Uh, exploit chaos and confusion. Exactly what I just looked at as well. As soon as you were saying, so you have so those are your three power tags for that first theme, and then you will just pick one weakness tag, and you can just pick any of them. So those who know my true nature, physical confrontation, agents of order, and pathological liar. You can pick any Ooh. one of those for your weakness. Those who know my true nature, physical confrontation, and the agent of order pathological liar and so this is a weakness that um the 
that theme has. So I, 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 I'd like to ask a question. So for those who know my true nature, how would you interpret that as the weakness? I'm just curious. Hmm. I would say, like, for those who know your true nature, I would say, like, while you're, like, this chaotic being and you pull all these pranks and cause all these trouble uh deep down uh like your true friends would know that you what like you really you're just like a kind-hearted soul that's kind of looking for attention kind of deal mm. is that's how i would interpret it for the mad hatter at least because yeah the mad hatter is really a kind is basically the mad hatter is a gentle giant in a sense <laughs> even though he's always up to no good yeah, no, I like that one. Because I, I was looking at that, I'm like, how would that be able to fit? Because I, I, I think that one just fit, like you said, the Mad Hatter vibe. So those who know my true nature is the weakness tag. I'm deciding for that. All very, right. very fun. Ooh, and I like this. <laughs> that's the first of four. The next part is rage which i believe in story the mad hatter is prone to like be really angry if he's pushed that far honestly this so. works really well like how they've set up the different uh how, how they've set up the quick character creation works really well because it's so far as you can hear it's working really well to just random mad hatter idea <laughs> yeah so that one is an expression a mythos theme your mystery for that is, it's funny because I think of the Joker, why he's so furious. <laughs> why so furious? Hell yeah. And for your very first power tag that you have to get for that one is to called Tear Them to Pieces. Mm. And that's giving me um, oh, that, Alice, uh, that Alice World of Madness vibe version mm -hmm. of Mad Hatter almost. It's yeah, that one. The unhinged. <laughs> yeah. And then you just get to pick two more from the rest of those power tags. Ooh. I feel like... I almost feel like attack whoever made me angry. Kind of that, again, unhinged, almost unstable. Yeah, I can see that. And... Mm. Minion, combat reflexes, terrifying roar, unbridled ferocity, and physical punishment. Sorry, I'm just reading them to myself. No, uh, um, when I read when I read the uh, withstand physical punishment, I think of that scene from the Alice in Wonderland movie where he just completely avoids getting his head cut off by like retreating into the hat or disappearing from it. Yeah, I, I was looking at that. Well, maybe the maybe the item could be the hat. <laughs> Uh, but no, I actually, I was thinking, I was looking at that one out of everything else as well. Cause it's, I think also the most, I think it's the most interesting one. I shouldn't say the most interesting one, at least for this character. I feel like it's the most interesting. Yeah. Matt Hatter's um, kind of glutton for punishment too, in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. All right. I'm going to write this down. Why is it so cold in my room? Um, what was it again? Withstand, okay. With. All right. All right. And, Amazing. And then your one weakness is weakness tag. So you have holding back, contempt for weaklings, uncontrolled destruction, or a wake of bodies. A wake of bodies? Excuse me? <laughs> 
I'm th- I'm assuming it means like you just like have an entire army just charging after you is what I'm reading that as. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I was about to say. Hold on. <laughs> Content for weaklings, uncontrolled destruction. I almost feel like because we're almost going into that. I mean, more of the mad unhinged vibe. I almost like the idea for the uncontrolled destruction. I can see that because I think like they, the sequel to that Alice in Wonderland um, it focuses a lot on like the Mad Hatter's like mad side. Yeah, I like that. All right. That is what I'm going to be choosing then. And that is all for your mythos themes. Hell yeah. Since we're doing Very a fun. borderliner. Mm-hmm. If you go back to page 40, the next step is we get to choose a new art type. Uh, you will pick the remaining themes. So the first one will be choosing an occupation. Occupation, occupation. And there's just a big list of them here, if you think any of them can fit. Um, also, I feel like some of these are really, like, getaway driver. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Flight stage performer. Hmm. Pick your remaining themes for a total of four in the following order and choose an occupation. This is a, a great question of like what it would be. Because I feel like if we're not kind of going for that shop idea, almost stage performer would be interesting. Hmm. Hold on, I'm scrolling down to. The actual like logos themes really quick to see if kind of read them a little bit to see that see what goes where it's like um uh do 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 huh okay it's funny because I was thinking it has it's it's written as social lie but then it's social climber is what they call it social climber which is interesting oh yeah 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 I see that so I don't know why how that happened that's strange but. <laughs> But then you got stage performer. Uh, Ooh, social climber could also be interesting. Yeah, and then um, I also see the Mad Hammer as almost being like so. You don't have to make like him being a shop owner like an actual theme as well. Mm-hmm. There could be other aspects to him as well. Like I see, gotcha. like he could be like a vagrant that's like the streets are all I've got kind of deal. Because I think really playing into that, the madness also being a part of who he is as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like it says, he's just wandering. Like the first power attack for that one is he he wanders the city streets. Yeah, no, I, I like that as well. So free it's from a- social norms. <laughs> oh, I think that's actually pretty good. Yeah, if that doesn't scream matter out of me, I don't know what would. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? No, I like Vagrant. So are you choosing two of these, or is it only the one? It's, it's uh, You will two? choose a second Logos theme after we get this okay. one done, yes. so right, yeah, I think we'll do Vagrant then, because I think that actually works quite well. Yeah, so that one is a routine a Logos theme. And your identity is, the streets are all I've got. The streets are all I got. 
Yeah, I actually used uh, this rapid character creation to create a character. Um, he's the Rift of Rasputin, but it's a combination of both the uh, the real life one and the movie version. Mm-hmm. Because real life Rasputin, it was always rumored that he can't die no matter how much you tried to do to him. Because they tried to they pumped like so much poison into this guy during a feast and he wouldn't <laughs> die. But then the movie version is because he has the relic of that reliquary where he can like summon all those bat demons from. Mm-hmm. But his story is he's a beat cop. He was once a beat cop, and he he ended up having the he ended up having to kill someone in the line of duty because it was one of those like trying to hunt someone down. They're like, put it down, put it down, and then like right when the shot went off, he blacked out, and he wakes up back in the hospital with that relic in his hands. Oh wow! I yeah. like that. That's cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Also, I'm going to uh, free from social norms is for sure. And these are, this is free as well. Yeah. So you have, I wonder the city streets for your first one, free from social norms. And then you can pick one more. Hmm. Watch out for suspicious activity or in scavenging. Or Honestly, scavenging actually could be interesting. I was thinking either that or I was thinking like sharp shopping cart full of stuff because I feel like he would just be running around the city like just looking for stuff to sell in the shop. Yeah, something something that would just give me things. <laughs> shopping um, cart full of stuff. I almost well, hmm. urban scavenging would be the more good tag to use for like if yeah. you are like searching for something. The shopping cart full of stuff would be like, oh, do I have something in this cart already? Kind of deal. Yeah, so I, I like the urban scavenging. All right. And then for your weakness tag, you have hung you can choose between hungry, rejected by society, they'll call the police, can't stand mainstream life. They'll call the police. <laughs> All right. So you'll call yeah. the police for the weakness tag? Yep. <laughs> All right. Now we Just get the to choose. <laughs> One more weakness tag, not weakness tag, one more logos theme. And good question. The next one is choosing a personal feature from that little list right there. Hold up. Back on page 40. Okay, yeah. Uh, Touch, choose a second logos theme, a personal feature. 15 minutes of fame, alcoholic, charmer, debt. Hard boiled. I killed someone. Uh, loss of loved one. Martial artist. Single parent. And this is this is an additional logos theme. Yes, this will be your second. Okay. This will be your second and final theme for your character. Ooh. Interesting. All right, let me go down to see where they do. They actually go into those. Oh no. Oh, wait, do that? Oh, yeah, they do. All right. Um, what is 15 minutes of fame? I'll do anything for another chance at fame. Craving for attention. Memento. Media connections. Look good on camera. Dark secrets of showbiz. He's a golden opportunity. Huh. Interesting. Okay. What was some of the other ones? I like these though. These are very fun. I like yeah. what they offer. Yeah, and of course you don't always have to build it just exactly like this way. I've had people just kind of <laughs> be like, "Hey, can I do this for one of the themes instead of what it's giving me?" And I'm just like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, absolutely. Like, 
Because, like, literally, the theme, I, the, one of the logos things I chose for my Rasputin character, I chose the I Killed Someone for mm-hmm. his Defining Event logos because that's how his story, how he came to be. He killed someone. Yeah, I, I like that one. I'm almost looking at 15 minutes of fame, but I'm not quite sure. Because, like, one of the power tags is, like, craving for attention, which I feel is kind of very Mad Hatter. I almost want to think, because when I think, like, loss of a loved one, um, I'm thinking of, like, his friends at the tea party, the rabbit Ooh, in the mouse. yeah! So what if there was someone else that was ripped one of those, and they died or something? I like that one, too. I like that. So... We oh my god. I'm sorry, some of these weakness tags feeling dead inside. That's so sad. <laughs> uh, what, what oh wait, was no, that, that was the wrong one. Oh that I, I was looking at I killed someone. God, what is my issue? Oh. I love someone. There we go. Good lord. Yeah, yeah so lots of a loved one like, is, a, is a defining event of logos. The identity for that is I will never forget you. Oh, this makes me feel sad now. <laughs> yeah, but like also the rage at the world kind of goes in with the rage expression stuff with like, you know, oh, no, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, we're really putting the mad in the Mad Hatter with this. <laughs> exactly. Dear Lord, I, I'm going for it, but that's sad. <laughs> so rage at the world for number one, and then you two more power tags from that. All right. Just entering in the stuff. Well, now I really want to play this character. What the hell? <laughs> well, never forget you. This is very sad, man. You gotta, you know, you gotta go through some kind of emotional arc for any character you play. It really fits in with a noir type theme going for the oh. game for sure, though, too. Oh, absolutely. Which I, I definitely really like how that's fitting really well. Um, their autopsy report? Oh. oh, the autopsy report of how the. Oh. What? I just had, so my intrusive thoughts are playing with how these two, uh, the rabbit or the mouse and or both may have been killed. Oh, oh that's so bad. So bad. Oh, my lord. Grief counseling is one, too. Oh, this is more sad than anything. Dear God. Mmm. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I looked at one of the weaknesses, unresolved legal issues. This is... Oh, okay. I'm gonna... So, I know I have to pick the power tags, but I want to quickly do the weakness tag because I think haunted by their memory is really good. Oh, yeah, like, I could see him, like, having, like, little trips where he's thinking he's at a tea party with him every now and then. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's really good. Ooh, man, which ones do I want to go for? Because, like, the autopsy reports would be depressing. I'm trying to think of how you would use that power tag, though, in a game. Like, maybe it's like you know how to, like... Like, maybe it was, like, something so gruesome, and it goes in detail on how this gruesome act did, so now, like, you know how to do that gruesome act onto someone else? Ooh, that would be messed 
up, but that would be kind of cool. <laughs> I also almost like the... I can't remember. Because uh, I'm almost looking at um, the estate one as well. But I'd like, I think I might go with the autopsy report because I think there could be some really interesting things that could be, like, that could come from that. Oh, this is giving me good ideas for a story, like, for this character. <laughs> so imagine this. There's a, there's a killer on the loose going mm -hmm. around. This character oh, no. is part of the party, comes to the crime scene, and realizes that how these people are getting killed are the exact same way his friends were killed. Fucking knew that's what you were doing. That's great. <laughs> that's so messed up. I love it. Like, <laughs> it's so twisted, but it would be really good. Oh, but it no. gives. But now there's, the character's got this motivation now to solve mm -hmm. the mystery. Oh, so for that would sure. be perfect. So that's two power attacks. I think he's still got one more. Yeah, I'm trying to see. I'm. There's again, there's really interesting things like my support group, uh, my God, my support group, uh, grief counseling, uh, maintain excellent health. <laughs> like there, there's very interesting things like that. Evoke pity also is very interesting. Hmm. Overcome despair, grief counseling, cautious and alert. Cautious and alert could be interesting as well with kind of the scenario that you set up where because they did die in a more gruesome way, it was very um, rememberable. Maybe that makes this person cautious and alert because of that. Like you don't know what is happening and that could tie in with wanting to solve the mystery or okay, at least being cautious of the whole thing oh. i have to share this thought because it's just gonna bug me if i don't get it out of my head so if y'all so i'm putting a warning right now if y'all don't want to hear what i'm about to say skip forward like if you skip forward a few times right now it's gonna be pretty <laughs> gross because i'm literally thinking because they're animals the rabbit and the mouse i'm literally thinking they were skinned alive Ooh. That's what is like how they die. Oh, they're animals. They were skinned alive. I'm like, no. Yeah, that would be terrible. But that that would work. I mean, it would make sense. This is becoming darker and darker as we go on. <laughs> it's like, again, I apologize, listeners. Um, I gave the warning. So that way, if you didn't want to hear it, you didn't have to. So, yeah, I feel like maybe something like a support group. <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> or grief counseling, or I mean, the cautious and alert. I keep going to as well. How about I, we? How about you add both of those? We'll make this the one theme where you can add the second weakness tag too. Oh, okay. So yeah, you we'll have do that. Support group, but you're also attending grief counseling at the same time because just of right. how gruesome we're making this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm down for that. Um, grief counseling. The hell? There we go. Okay. Grief counseling. All right. Weakness. Well, there's a. Uh, da, 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 da. So, afraid of new bonds, heartbroken, or unresolved legal issues. I feel like unresolved legal issues would be very interesting. I'm trying to think. So, my thought process when I think about that, it's like, um, basically, it's like the cops aren't doing anything to figure out what happened to his friends. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like Patreon trying to make all this ruckus about it, and just no one's listening to him is what I think about when I think of unresolved legal issues. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, because Ooh. it's basically stated as saying the cops are almost n- near but nearly useless when it comes to a lot of stuff that happens. <laughs> it seems so, which then just makes it even that that's the whole reason why you're investigating because they won't do shit. <sighs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, this is just what ended up happening. I think it's I think it's great even if it might be a little messed up. <laughs> we made the we made the most horrifying great greatest character ever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. No, but this sounds very, very fun to play. Yeah, especially when you do that because, and again, themes themes uh, fade cracking. You can lose them, so maybe he, maybe there's a point where he recovers from the loss of his loved ones, and he becomes mm-hmm. even a better person than he was before if he solves that mystery. So you never yeah, know. Yeah, I, I what- think that would be great to kind of go through that arc. <laughs> Yeah, this guy definitely needs an arc. Yeah, a little messed up. <laughs> Lots of trauma. <laughs> yeah, trauma. Trauma's always fun, though, in games. <laughs> this is true. It gives you, again, it gives you that, um... It gives you that, uh... What am I thinking of? That 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 character arc that needs to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I will... I probably should be safe to say at this point, uh, game masters, make sure you have consent for your players before you do anything like yes. this in game. So, yes, because I really, I think this is a good example. You were kind of giving those ideas, and you were you were giving off like kind of the suggestions of like, here's how I would do this. Here, like, here's some ideas of like what could have happened. And I was accepting them because I thought they were cool. But I think if you are going to do something like that with one of your players where you want to make it darker, more messed up, do it with your players. Clear the ideas with them. Go through consent sheets. Go through all of that. And even have safety tools within the game that they can stop or pause or even rework something if it gets too uncomfortable. Because stuff can get uncomfortable quick. (laughs) So this is one of the first times I've like sat down, actually like step-by-step made a character with someone. I usually will let the characters have free reign of how they want to do it. So mm-hmm. whatever. But it's just because we were going through this together. My ideas for how this was going were kicking through my head. So if, I apologize if this wasn't how you wanted your character to be. And you could have oh, told I- me it. I didn't have too many ideas, I'll be honest, because I, I just really had the whole idea with the Mad Hatter, and that's really it, because I'm like, I should come in with something. Um, and I was open to wherever the story would go, but I think that's a good example as well for other people who are playing. Uh, if you're running the game, always listen if your players do have ideas that they have. <laughs> um, but I always like the collaborative nature of figuring things out and like kind of the story behind the character. I love doing that with my own players and also people who would be running the game for my character, which I haven't done too much since <laughs> I started to play, um, since I started to learn about collaborative character creation. And I, this also just describes perfectly just doing this, just how awesome and freeing the creative process is for characters because mm-hmm. you could you could make basically like a himbo like character or just be as dark as you want with it. Oh. The, tip, the freed 
free creativity. I want to say creativity for some reason. Combine the <laughs> words. <laughs> um, that is something. So, I think the rapid character creation is a better example of how other Powered by the Apocalypse systems um, handle character creation with the playbooks because it literally gives you these base trope ideas. Um, like, I mean, Monster of the Week, for example, one of the tropes is... Uh, trying to think of a good one. is I mean, the monstrous, actually. I was talking about that one earlier. One of the tropes is the monstrous, and, you know, all that really means is there is a monstrous part of you it doesn't fill in any other information and so you get to figure that out and you get to decide how this character ties in with your idea of the story your world all of those things and that's i mean that's what the rapid character creation reminded me of but that's why i really love the freedom of these more narrative centric games because they just give you this base idea that then you can expand upon so, so, so much and not have to like come up with it completely from scratch because that's sort of the idea of fate is that is more so coming up with this completely custom character from the ground up. The Powered by the Apocalypse games, I would even say Forged in the Dark would include this as well. They give you those playbooks that then you don't have to start from the ground up because you have a basic trope character concept that then you build upon and make it your own. Yeah. So just one final question before I would be good before we start to end this out. If you had to recommend one game that any TTRPG player should check out, what game would that be? Oh, God, this is a great question. One game that... By checkout, do you mean play or read? Just one game that someone should immediately, like, yeah, read through and run it or play it. Hmm. I, it might be because I'm a little biased. But I would genuinely recommend Monster of the Week. Because even if you don't plan on running the game, I found the way that they set up the keeper tools uh, with like the with like your principles, with your moves, how to, uh, you know, design monsters and NPCs and locations to be insanely valuable and just kind of it, it, it helped me think about TTRPGs in a different way that was more. You know, I'm creating a story, and each thing that I introduce into a story means something. It really helped kind of change my perspective to TTRPGs in general. So I would recommend Monster of the Week, though I would say if you are not a Monster of the Week, you know, monster hunting fan, I would say any Powered by the Apocalypse game in general. But Monster of the Week specifically, just because I... I read the whole thing months, even maybe a year before I even ran it, just because I found the information within that book to be insanely useful. Yeah, I got the book a while back, and so I'm playing. I want to do a game with that at some point, too, just because I hear all these good things about it. And it was one of the first, like, Power by the Apocalypse games because 
if Apocalypse Ward was the father, Monster of the Week is the son for sure, I would say. Yeah, Monster Week was pretty early. Actually, when did Monster of the Week come out? Um, was designed by Michael Sands and Steve Hickey in 2012 and was published on paper by Evil Hat in 2015. Yeah, so it's about a decade old, basically. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It it's it seems like it's one of the first hacks of Apocalypse World from kind of the vibe that I get. But it is. I, I've I've seen people, and and everyone's gonna have games that they like and dislike. Um, I for sure know. I don't think I've come across a game that I've necessarily disliked heavily. Um, and I wouldn't count Dungeons and Dragons because I don't necessarily dislike it as much as I'm tired and want to move on to different games. But I haven't come across a game that I dislike, but I know that people do. And you might not like Monster of the Week, but I think it's still a good game to at least give a shot. I think any game is a good game to give a shot, but, you know, just just try it out before you make a judgment on it. Because it might flip your perspective, and it might help you just understand these things in a different way, and I think it's great. Yeah, uh, that's why I really love, like, your podcast and other people that just talk about just games. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, there's always going to be, like, even it's like if you don't like this game, there's all these other ones you can try as well. It's like, yeah. <laughs> everyone's going to find the one game that they just love out of their mind that they'll just want to play all day, every day. But it never hurts to explore other systems as well. like. Um, so I stayed like just on the just Discord server like before that I had trouble trying to understand the character creation for Call of Cthulhu and it really frustrated me from trying to learn more about it. But your mm-hmm. Call of Cthulhu episode, which uh, I forget who the name of the guy that's on it, but I uh, Luke, yeah, he's yeah, great. <laughs> Luke, he's a cool guy. He puts out good content, so I follow him and all that. So yeah, it makes me want to just kind of just slowly kind of put myself back into it. So that way I make sure I'm not trying, not try to rush through it. Just kind of take my time and learn it. Cause there are some systems that you got to study quite a bit before you can get yourself comfortable running it. But yes, definitely <laughs> worth still definitely worth a shot at trying at least. I completely agree. And if you don't always, if a game seems really cool and you don't want to make the investment in the actual books, there are a lot of games out there that have starter sets Call of Cthulhu particularly has a good starter set that actually helps you helps guide you through character creation, has a solo adventure, and for stuff that you can actually run. Um, it's it's a fantastic starter set. Um, a lot of games have starter sets, or they have um, free quick starts or free versions of their rules that you can check out and read before you want to put in the money to actually get the game. And I think that is the best way to at least experiment with some of these games because i'm pretty sure call of cthulhu has all of its player rules for free i i i'm pretty sure i i'm not 100 confident but I, I i think that's what i've heard from uh not one nerds actually i think we're wanting to go into call of cthulhu and they found they were able to get the rules for free and i think that's what it was from it's from the actual website so just kind of delve in and see what these if these games have anything either cheaper or for free that you can look at first before actually making the investments because it's a great way to get a taste of that game and get an idea of the rules without, again, having to spend $50 on a book. 
Yeah, um, definitely uh, support the creators if you can, and especially yes, like if you I go agree. to Itch.io, if they have those community copies available, don't be embarrassed to hit claim on that if you're down your luck. So, I mean, that's what I did for the Thirsty Sword Lesbians books, because I don't always have the money to shell out for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I just got those, and I'm reading through it. I'm really enjoying because I'm planning to hopefully run that at some point. It's got a bunch of yeah. good content in that those books. Absolutely. And as well as like the community copies, um, PDFs are also a good way to save money and get into TTRPGs because they will usually be much cheaper than the physical books. Save um, money and book space. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, my 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 actual like physical shelf has a bunch of books on it, but I have so many more in PDF because again, it is more affordable. I got ten candles through a PDF versus a book just because it's like that was more affordable at the time and. That's probably just the way that I want it in a PDF form. And it saves space. I don't have to worry about moving it if I ever need to. Uh, it's on my computer safe. <laughs> yeah. Ten Candles is one of those ones where it's like, I got the PDF and I read it all the way through it. And it's like, now I want the physical book of it. So Yeah, it's hard. It's very tempting. That's I'm trying to think of a book that happened for me. Because I know that... I'm pretty sure that did happen with something, but I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Where it was like I had the, fi- I mean, actually, Apocalypse Keys. I backed the Kickstarter and I got the um, actual physical tier, but I got the PDF first. That PDF made me want the physical tier even more, and I'm so glad that I actually got it instead of just going for the PDF because it is a beautiful book. It's amazing to just flip through it. It's it's fantastic to just hold. I love it so much. Just get both the PDF and the Book of Apocalypse Keys because just hearing you talk about it makes me really want to get it now too. Oh, so. it's so good! It's so good, especially if you want to. Yeah. It is exploring these human emotions and these monstrous instincts. It's so interesting. Reveal your heart is one of my like favorite moves from that uh, game. It is just it. It's such an experience. I haven't read through it fully, but I am dying to pl- uh to either run or play a game with it because it's just insanely neat the cover makes me think of the final boss in the house of the dead i think it's the uh, three or four the it's like house of death for the arcade game the mm-hmm. the final boss of that is literally like a dragonfly looking creature just like it on the in the game so it made me think about that so it made me think of house for dead house of the mm-hmm. dead i'm like ooh, that would be interesting yeah no that that's awesome and uh, like Seriously, Evil Hat has some of my favorite games. Just a quick quick shout out to Evil Hat in general. Um, Evil Hat has produced Monster of the Week, or not produced, um, published Monster of the Week, Blades in the Dark, Fate, Thirsty Sword Lesbians, Apocalypse Keys, uh, Scum and Villainy. Uh, they're still coming out with more games, and there's there's a few that I haven't listed, but just I have not come across an Evil Hat game that I've been disappointed with yet. They are yeah. so good, and I've... Again, they they come out with a lot of these narrative-focused games, especially, like, Fate, um, which I think is, like... I, I don't know if that's their own creation or not. I, I might need to do a little bit of research on Fate, but it it is some of the most unique character creation that i can definitely see city of mist taking inspiration from with how um how you build your characters and it's it's insanely 
cool. So I, I recommend just checking out Evil Hat in general and seeing the books that they have. They also have a lot of... they. Per- they provide a lot of resources for these games and a lot of stuff that you can just download to play, like the playbooks, uh, reference sheets. If there's like team sheets or anything like that, they have it on their website. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you and I have both been on Magic Girl Kick lately, and Eva Hat's about to release a uh, Girl by Moonlight, which uses the uh, for- Fortune in the Dark RPG system, which is used for Blades in the Dark and all that. So it's, that's going to be. Yeah, I got the. <laughs> I backed, I, yeah, I backed the PDF for it, but I, f- I have this gut feeling that once I get it, I'm going to be like, I wish I got the book. <laughs> um, yes, so. you are, because their books are great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see when that happens. So Because I don't want to just shell out all the money yet for this game, because I've never played a Fortune of the Dark system game before. So this will be my first exploration into that system. So that's yeah, why I'm... I haven't either. It's, it's, it's a really cool system. I will say that. It's really cool. It's... Yeah. it's- unique <laughs> yeah, i'm listening to a podcast and they're doing a game of blitz in the dark right now and it sounds pretty fun for the most part because they're doing like a they're doing like a museum heist kind of deal and they're trying mm-hmm. to escape so that's the word it stopped that last time i listened to them so yeah it's uh forged in the dark specifically is really good for these like kind of team mission based games where you can use like these flashback mechanics and it's very narrative in the way of like you know kind of jumping straight to the point even with scenes it's it's very interesting uh john harper uh, is the one who who uh, designed blades in the dark and there are some really really interesting mechanics and the way that he approaches his games and all of that that i find uh, really, even if you just read them, it, it can, again, put your mind in a different perspective on how to run your, run your games. Yeah. Like, we could go for hours just talking about TTRPGs and stuff, but I gotta let you fly on your broomstick at some point, so... <laughs> Un- unfortunately, yes. I, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, because I get to play a game after this, so it's gonna be great. Uh, but I, I love talking about games. It's, it's honestly the best. Alright. Now, for my listening audience, where can everyone find you? Uh, yeah, so you can find the RPG Goblin anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of the above. Anywhere that you have a podcast, uh, anywhere that there are podcasts, the RPG Goblin is there. Um, you can also find the RPG Goblin on Instagram at, uh, I believe it's the RPG Goblin with a dot between each of the words, right? I'm just double checking this because I want to get. Yeah, this right. it's the dot rpg dot goblin. Uh, yes, the dot rpg dot goblin. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at the rpg goblin. Uh, no dots or spaces. Uh, on there, I've been doing a lot of stuff and have been finding a lot of guests. So that's been awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think those are the main places. Uh, anywhere that you find your podcast, and I'm on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Yes, and as always, Mysteries Unknown is also available on all the podcasting platforms to where you prefer to listen to. And you can find me on Mist Unk Podcast, M-I-S-T-U-N-K Podcast, on Instagram. Or if you want to send me an email, just email mistunkpodcast at gmail.com. And so this is probably not going to be the last time. We just talk back and forth all the time. So you're probably going to hear more Mysteries Unknown and RPG Goblin collaborations at some point. Who knows? <laughs> I may, yes. I may drag her onto one of my games. We'll have to see how that works out. So, <laughs> well, I have to play the Mad Hatter some way. <laughs> yeah, I, 
think I think it's given you have to play this character now that we spent this time trying to create it, even though it was even though we gave him so much trauma. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, you sometimes have to, you know, you 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 got to know what happens to this character. You got you got to explore them. <laughs> and hopefully after after July, I'll actually have some free time uh, to be able to play some games and go on to some other podcasts, including yours, to actually try it out and play these characters. So I'm excited. <laughs> yep. Well, it was great to have you on here, Willow. Uh, had a great time. I look forward to hearing more of your episodes. Yeah, same for you. I'm again. Thank you so much for bringing me on. It was fantastic, and I can't wait to work with you more. 